DanielBritt.com. If anyone should ask you what in the world you're listening to, you got to tell them it's Daniel Britt and Friends. You're listening to XM34 Enlighten. Each week, we get to know somebody a bit better. Some cases, it's a group. Today, it's an individual. His name is Gordon Moat, and we've, we've, he's been around the music scene for quite a while, but gospel music fans are knowing him more and more these days, being associated with, uh, with the Gaither Vocal Band, with the Gaither Homecoming Tour, and his own music, not only piano, because he's uh, the Homecoming Tour's pianist, but also with the great talent that he brings vocally as well. Gordon, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Daniel. It's great to be with you. Hey, it's cool getting to know you because um, uh, you've got a history in radio, and I don't know what it is about radio people. There's always this kind of <laughs> this this degree that we always connect on. It's yeah. like you, you like the same stuff as far as hitting the post. And oh, no doubt. Yeah. Hopefully have a – undoubtedly, you've got a great sense of timing for those things. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I always – you know, and, and it makes it hard because when you listen uh, – to the radio, yeah. and you hear people that can't do it very well. Yeah, and, you know it's hard to listen to the song for wanting to change it to a station where the DJ is better. That's right. You know, or the or the jingles are better, or the drops are better. You know, if people don't know what we're talking about, hitting the post means you you talk up the intro <laughs> of the song, and then you quit talking in time for the singer to start singing, and you don't like step on them, you don't talk over them, you, you time it perfectly, and it sounds like it's produced. Uh, typically, it's done live. And now, when I was a kid, I didn't like guys that did that because I was trying to record my favorite song on the cassette. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as radio guys, you wait for the songs that don't have a talk over so that you can practice in the car and do it yourself. <laughs> hey, yeah, we're, sure. We're, we're talking boring stuff to people, I think. But, you know, Gordon, this is radio, and we could pretend it doesn't exist. A lot of people may never know, but after a while, I think the word gets around, and then people are even more amazed to discover that you're physically blind and and well from your point of view how do you react when when people are shocked to learn that well i just tell them the truth and that is it's so much better to have been born blind because uh, i know of people uh, who had their sight when they were born and then because of some type of accident or some type of uh, sickness or disease of some kind they lost their sight, and it was so much harder for them to adjust. And so for me, uh, while I wish with all my heart that I could see my children and my wife and those things that are close to me and uh, whatnot, but I, I'm so glad that I, if I had to be blind, uh, you know, I was born blind because I don't know anything else. I can agree with you. Even though I'm not in your shoes, I can certainly see where you're coming from there. Tell me about country music. Was that the start of your pro music career? Well, in a sense, yes. Um, two days after I graduated from Belmont University in Nashville, that's where I met my wife, Kimberly. Hmm. Uh, we've been married uh, be uh, 15 years. Uh, but um, when I graduated from Belmont, two days after that, I got a call from Lee Greenwood, and I had auditioned to be in his band as his new piano player, uh, and uh, I'd heard about it from a teacher at Belmont, and I thought she was teasing me. But anyway, I was able to get an audition, and I got hired two days after I graduated. So that was in 93, the summer of 93. So I went out with Lee Greenwood for two and a half years or so on the road and learned a lot. Um, and Lee was so good to me, taught me so many things, uh, gave me an opportunity to really find who I was musically. 
and he had an incredible band, and and so many people only know Lee for God Bless the USA, but hmm. gosh, he had so many huge hit records. I O U, Turns Me Inside Out, Ain't No Trick, She's Lying, Ring on Her Finger, Going Going Gone, I Don't Mind the Thorns, Fear the Rose, on and on and on, Holding a Good Hand. He was just so incredibly talented, and uh, sang great every night, just great. And uh, so I learned a lot from him, and I learned about how to. I grew up basically uh, with with his tutelage, uh, and it was really, really neat. And I'm glad that I got that opportunity. So, how many years now have you been involved in music? Would you say? Well, uh, I started playing piano when I was three years old, and uh, it was a Thanksgiving day. We were at my grandmother's house, and the guys were watching football, and the Ladies were cooking uh, dinner, and they heard the piano start playing, and most everybody thought it was probably mom because she played in church sometimes, but uh, uh, mom was pretty sure it wasn't her. And uh, some people, mom thought maybe it was dad, but uh, uh, dad can barely play the radio. Uh, he, he really does. He's technically challenged. Um, but anyway, they, they met in the living room area, where the piano was, and they saw uh, me at three years old, and the first song I ever played was Jesus Loves Me. The question that I have, I'm trying to figure out, as a child growing up, not being able to see, how, how, do, you, how do you develop, how do you even come to the understanding that you're blind, that there are people who, who can see? When you're the only one running into stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. No. Uh, But uh, uh, you can laugh. That's funny. Um, You know, know, so many of my friends, you know, I mean, I knew, uh, well, for a couple of years, uh, kindergarten, first and second grade, I went to the Alabama uh, School for the Blind in Talladega. And my mom... uh, uh, would uh, take me there every day. It was an hour from where we lived. And uh, and then uh, in 1978, when I was in third grade, um, I was one of the first students in the country to mainstream into public school. And so I was around, you know, all these kids that could see and didn't need to hold somebody's elbow while they walked and I knew that existed. I knew kids could see because of the kids in church and whatnot, but I had not been around it like I was starting in third grade, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to communicate to my teacher because she doesn't read Braille? There were a lot of hurdles to to clear through elementary school, middle school, high school, and even college. We didn't have the computer technology that we have now. Um, but I guess to an- answer your question, I always knew that I was blind, that I was uh you know, that I was different than the other kids. Um, but I just tried to, you know, make the best of it. And, you know, I didn't let anybody tell me that I couldn't do something uh, because, you know, you've only got one shot at life. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get, you know, another shot later on. Well, okay, we'll give you a chance where you can see, too, and it'll be even level playing field. You know, you only get one shot, so you better do the very best you can with that shot you're given. And so that's kind of always been my attitude. And my brother's blind as well. Oh, really? Uh, He's a younger brother, and he's still in radio Mm. uh, and just incredibly talented. Uh, Mike Moat, he is in the uh, Anniston, Alabama, that, that market. Uh, and uh, if you 
if those of you who are in Alabama, if you love high school football, he does the high school football scoreboard for the state of Alabama on wow. on you know over 200 radio stations um, syndicated to the Alabama radio network. So anyway. We, our parents just never said no. They always said, yeah, try it. See what happens. <laughs> they were always our big cheerleaders. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I, when, when I talk to someone at our concerts, so many people come to me and say, I have a cousin who's going blind or I have a, I have a daughter who is blind and I'm not sure exactly how I need to encourage her or whatever. And I just say, look, you know, whether you're, whether your child is blind or sighted, Parents, you know, let them find who they are. Let them take piano. Let them play soccer. Let them do these things because you never know where their talent is. Don't try to figure it out because you'll always be surprised uh, where their talent is. It's it's pretty amazing how God does that. We're talking to Gordon Mote on this edition of Daniel Britt and Friends, and uh, and that has really what you've just said proves true with your music uh, even through to today. And uh, let's listen to some now. Gordon Moat on Daniel Britt and Friends. This is Daniel Britt and Friends, and my guest today is Gordon Moat. And a lot of people probably know you best because of the Homecoming series, and now that you're the pianist for uh, for the vocal band and for the marathon concert that it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a guy come up not too long ago to our table and say, how long is this thing going to last anyway? <laughs> I said, well, till Bill decides to stop. And you know the people who are most surprised, I think, by how long these concerts go? It's not necessarily the ticket buyer. It's the security people at the arenas. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> they like, really are. They, intermission comes and they think it's over. They do. They absolutely <laughs> they do. The, the elevator operators, yeah. you, know, the guy, you know, you see them on your way up, you know, at these big athletic arenas, you know, yeah. they're huge. And they have yeah. these people that are, you know, they've got the TV screens on the wall. They're watching mm-hmm. a game or watching whatever. And they, they're on the elevator just showing you where to go and stuff. And after intermission, they're gone. <laughs> Most of the time, they think it's done. <laughs> that was over. Most people say that uh, I've heard this for a long time, that if you lose the ability of a certain part of your body, you generally make up for it in other places. And so I'd say your sense of hearing has to be extremely keen. Uh, in fact, I worked with a guy who was blind in radio, Gordon, and, and he was incredible. And we talk about hitting the post. He was incredible. In fact, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. When, uh, this bad joke. Uh, you know, you know, this guy was so. Uh, just a side note here. This guy was so good, and he was so accurate that whenever that off chance that he was inaccurate, he'd make a joke about it. Oh he'd yeah, stop the song on the air. He does try this again, and he'd backtrack it, <laughs> and he'd crack me up. But oh, uh, that's awesome. Do you think you'd be as good on the piano if you could see? You know, who knows? Uh, I appreciate the fact that you 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 know that you would you would ask that. I, I appreciate the talent that God's given me, and I appreciate. The opportunity to get to play and sing and, and use the talent he's given me to uh, for his glory and to further his kingdom and whatnot. But uh, who knows if you know? Uh, honestly, if if I could see, I probably would. Well, I know I would have wanted to be a play-by-play announcer, mm. broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Probably baseball. Although I love baseball, football, basketball. You know. I'm a huge sports fan. Wow. We have on our bus, we have, of course, DirecTV. Mm-hmm. We have your competitor, Sirius, and we have XM, <laughs> which they're going to be one here in the next little bit. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, but we have all that, so I don't miss any games. Sure. So that's a very important part of our touring schedule is to make sure we don't <laughs> miss any games. 
But that's probably what I would have loved to do because I imitate all those guys now. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I, I just think that's so cool. We're talking to Gordon Moat, and uh, he's a man of many talents, really, because uh, uh, a lot of people, I think, uh, do you find that they're surprised when they hear you sing because they aren't expecting that so much? They're just yeah. used to piano players just playing the piano and sticking to that. Yeah, I do, actually, and people will even say that. And a lot of times I'll get emails, you know, that'll say, we saw you at the Gaither concert. I read your name on an Alan Jackson CD. And I and then there you were on stage. I didn't know you did this or whatever because so many uh, people. So I didn't realize how many people read CD credits, but so many people know nowadays uh, with the course uh, having the inserts and then on iTunes and being able to go to places like AllMusic.com, they can find out who's playing on what if they really want to know. And so I, I do, I get that a lot. Not only just I didn't know you sang, but I didn't know you played gospel music. I thought you were just a studio guy, that kind of thing. Well, tell me about the God stuff. When did, when did your faith in Christ take hold? Well, um, I was raised in a Christian home, uh, and so we were always in church, even if they thought about maybe having service, we were there. <laughs> and, but um, I really rededicated my life um, when I was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just didn't. I just wasn't fulfilled, and I knew. I knew why. I knew. All, I knew it all as far as the Bible, and I knew what God could do, and I know. I knew what a relationship with with Jesus was about. I knew what it entailed, and I knew what kind of joy it could bring. I just had kind of wandered away from that a little bit. I never. I never really got too far away. I was too scared to get too far away, hmm. but. Um, when I rededicated my life to the Lord back uh, in college in 1990, uh, my life really changed at that moment. Uh, and, you know, after that, you know, I was in secular music for a long time. And still, I mean, I still do that. I still am a studio musician guy mm-hmm. uh, all, you know, during the week. And then on the weekends, I do this. For a long time, that was my mission field. That was the only mission field I had. But about three and a half, four years ago, uh, Bob Rogers came to me. He is the president of uh, the RSI Music Group. And he came to me and wa- wanting to know if I'd be interesting, interested in doing a CD for his record label, his new record label at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just was real honest and said, man, you are so cool to think of me, and I appreciate the compliment, but I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I had done the road, been with artists, and I'd done all that. And I was glad to be home. And my career as a studio musician, had I'd, I'd never been hotter as I was then. Uh, you know, I thought that was, you know, I, and things have even gotten better since then. Praise the Lord for that. But, I mean, I was doing really good yeah. and thought I had it, the tiger by the tail. And uh, I was just loving life and loving being home with the, with the kids and, and Kimberly. And But God had other plans. Um, I really felt called uh, a huge calling on my life, uh, but I ran away from it for, you know, about nine months. And I remember being out on my screened-in porch and just being miserable and thinking, man, you, this is, you have got it all. You've got this beautiful place. The, you know, the weather's perfect. You can smell the flowers, and you're miserable. Hmm. And um, finally, I just said, okay, God, I know this is you, and I know this calling is coming from you, and I'm don't want to run away from it anymore, but I need you to give me the passion that I need to do what you want me to do because I don't have it. 
I love people. And I thought being worship leader in my church was enough, you know. <laughs> but I said, I love people, but I don't know that I have what it takes to do what you've called me to do. But, of course, as we all know, God will give you that if you will, you know, say yes to him. He'll give you the tools you need. And I've never been more passionate about what I do as I am this. So it's pretty amazing the journey that I've been on and the journey that I am continuing to take. And uh, now on this stage and not only with the homecoming tour, but doing my own concerts all over the country, uh, God is good. I never thought it would be what it is this fast. Here's a taste of Gordon's journey now on Daniel Britt and Friends. I'm Daniel Britton. We're talking today to Gordon Mote and continuing our conversation about his life and his career in the music uh, business, the music uh, side of things, not only country music and secular music, but into Christian music. And uh, we've touched on that a little bit, how you've been doing some solo dates and now the Gaither tour. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, before we get to Gaither, though, you and your wife, Kimberly, you all, you all done some music together, haven't you? We have. We absolutely have. She is an incredible, incredible singer. And... Um, we uh, we have a couple of songs that we did together on our first on my first CD. There's no place that love can't reach. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a couple of songs on that. We did a version of One Day at a Time, uh, my arrangement of that, and we mm-hmm. did a song called You're the Answer to My Prayer, which is a duet, a love song to each other. And that CD had uh, our first few singles, I Catch Him, God Cleans Him, and had mm-hmm. Sweet Forgiveness, Who Will Be Jesus, and it had uh, gospel ship, and then the song that I sing all over the country still every night, If They Could See You Through My Eyes, the song I wrote for her. Yeah. But uh, on this current album, uh, Don't Let Me Miss the Glory, which we are so excited about, we sing a song that I basically, I mean, it was one of the first songs I heard in college after I'd given my life back to the Lord, a Stephen Curtis Chapman song called My Redeemer is Faithful and True. Yeah. And we did a kind of a new uh, take on that as a duet. And, uh, boy, she's great. She's awesome. We did a Christmas record together that's uh, uh, she and I. And um, Bob Rogers, uh, he has a daughter-in-law that sings incredibly, Angie Rogers. And we travel. We do our Christmas tour every year. And so it's me and Kimberly and Angie. And that, that CD's called The Star Still Shines. And that, that's got a lot of fun songs on it. I bet. Well, we uh, can't really skirt around the issue, and so I want to ask you how how you uh, handled this. Anthony Berger passed away back in um, February of of uh, what oh six, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so that obviously uh, left a, a technical void. The homecoming tour needs a pianist. That's a very important part of uh, of Southern gospel music, in particular. I mean, you gather around a piano. That's just the way you do it. Sure. So you have been the guy to take up where Anthony left off on the homecoming stage. And the word that we all cringe at when we hear is replace. So how do you handle the title of, quote, unquote, replacing Anthony Berger? Well, you you don't. You don't replace Anthony. Uh, Nobody will ever replace Anthony. Anthony, uh, not only in this genre, but uh, as piano players go as a whole, uh, he he he's one of the very best. A legend. Um, certainly in our industry. Did you know him? I did uh, not very well, but I, I had worked with him a few times and had talked to him. I uh, wish I had been able to know him better. I had actually come out on a few of the homecoming uh, shows before he died, <clears throat> and uh, 
I uh, wish that I had gotten to know him better, but but you know when you're out here, it's just boom, 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 and uh, it's tough. But um, I have to be totally honest with you. <clears throat> I was um, I was worried about what that might be like, and before I knew I was the guy, <laughs> I even said to Kimberly, "I feel so sorry for whoever re- replaces Anthony." <clears throat> but um, it, it's gone really well. Uh, I feel like it has because Bill has put me in a situation to win. Uh, he champions all of us, uh, gives us a chance to win every night, and he certainly has done that with me. Uh, they love me before I sing a song because he tells them that they will. Mm. And uh, so I'm very grateful to him for that. But the, the the folks at the shows have just been wonderful. I mean, they really have because I think they can see my heart. They know I'm not trying to replace Anthony. I'm just doing what I do. And if Anthony were here, he'd tell me to do that, you mm-hmm. know, because he's passionate about the music and he he was passionate about ministry. And so he wouldn't want this to stop just because, you know, he went on to bigger and better things. But uh, And I've had a few people come up to me at, at our table and say, you know, this is really hard for me. I didn't know how I would take this i didn't know i was prepared to have a problem with you basically right but i think that we've kind of put each other at ease you know Mm -hmm. uh and bill has certainly done that and the artists have made that happen too they have just been awesome Uh, everybody from the artist to the crew out here people have no idea when they come see these shows they have no idea what an instrumental role the crew plays in everything. The lights, the sound. Sure. It's yeah. just unbelievable. And it's not just the people you see working the console and working the lights and whatnot. It's so many more people that you never see. And they're just awesome. But everybody has really teamed together to make me feel at home. Therefore, uh, I'm able to do the very best job I can do and make put people at ease, I think. Well, Gord, I I have to admit that I was skeptical that a homecoming show with as impromptu as it is would be able to flow as well uh, with with your blindness. Right. I mean, I mean, shame on me. Yeah. It has worked well. Well, we have a good time, and it's probably more impromptu sometimes than Bill would like for it to be, <laughs> because I just, you know, I, every chance I get, I get I get something in on him. But uh, yeah. <laughs> we're just idiots on stage, honestly. Me and and Kevin Williams and and. Uh, uh, we had Rory Rigdon out with us for a long time, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he is just awesome, too. We really miss Rory, but we we have a great time, and I think when people come to see us, they see us having a huge time, mm-hmm. and it allows them to just relax and laugh, and, you know, it's okay to laugh. We make we We try to show folks that, hey, it's okay to laugh at the blind guy. He's laughing. So it's okay. You know, we try to put people at ease with that. We're talking to Gordon Moat, Gordon Moat of Gordon Moat, or Gordon Moat of Homecoming (laughs) Tour, however you you look at him or however you know him. That's right. You've got a website. And everybody has a website, I guess, this season. Sure they do. (laughs) But yours uh, has your itinerary on it. You've got your. uh, project information, the new projects listed there. Yeah, don't let me miss the glory. It's the current project, and it has. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we, the vocal band sings with me on a song. The Isaacs uh, had Allison Krauss come in and sing with me on a song. Mm. Uh, just some real, just uh, the songs. I'm so proud of the first record, but this this record, um, just it's such a step forward for me. I think as an artist. 
And you can find out all about it by going to GordonMote.com. How do you use the Internet? Is it an important part of your life? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, computers, uh, because of me not being able to see, uh, I yeah. probably depend on computers as much or more than the next guy because I'm able to have the world at my fingertips just like you are sure. with a computer. Uh, there's a program called JAWS for Windows. Yep. JAWS stands for Job Access with Speech. Jaws for Windows, made by the uh, Windows, Windows, <laughs> Mentos, Windows. Uh, you can tell where my mind is. Um, Jaws for Windows is made by the Freedom Scientific folks, uh-huh. Hinter Joyce Freedom Scientific. And uh, but anyway, it enables blind people to use a computer. It's a screen reader, basically. Yeah. And so, it, you know, you use hotkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't use a mouse, but you know all the hotkeys. And so. Uh, that's, that's how I do it, and I use it all the time. I answer all my email. Yes, you do. Yeah, and, I uh, have emailed you, and you can answer me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, and that, that's cool to get those, because sometimes you think, well, my, my message is going to go through a handler, it's going to go through a no, secretary. And, I read all of them. I read every one of them. And I, you know, and it's gotten more out of hand than I ever thought it would, and it just keeps <laughs> growing. But I do. I take time at the end of every day, go in my office, and I read all the emails and try to answer as many of them as I possibly can. Here's another great song from Gordon Moat on Daniel Britt and Friends. That's Gordon Moat, and this is Daniel Britt and Friends. I am obviously Daniel Britt, and he is obviously Gordon Moat. We don't look a thing alike. No, that's right. And uh, you can go uh, check us out online at danielbritt.com, and you can hear today's interview again uh, there at the website after this broadcast, danielbritt.com. Gordon, what do you like better? Singing or playing? Oh, gosh. I, I love both. I don't think I can say I like one better. I enjoy being able to do this out here and then going back to Nashville and being a sideman, you know, just playing on, on, uh, on you know, other people's records. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still enjoy that. I get a lot, of, a lot of enjoyment from that. I appreciate the fact that they still uh, want me to come do that and, uh, you know, that I, lo- I love that as much as uh, as anything, but my passion, I would say, is is doing this out here. But as far as playing or singing out here, I, it doesn't matter. I like both. Do you play any other instrument? Not really. As long as it's got keys on it, I'm I can do it. I do mm-hmm. a lot of Hammond B3 and piano, and of course the Whirlitzers and the different sets and Fender Rhodes and all that. But as far as I played clarinet in school, and my little girl, she just started playing clarinet, and she brought it home, and I. Still can play it a little bit, but I'm so glad I don't have to do that for a living. And you are, too, believe me. Here's another great song from Gordon Moat's latest project on Daniel Britt and Friends. I'm talking to Gordon Moat on this edition of Daniel Britt and Friends on XM34. And, Gordon, thanks for taking time to just talk to us and with us about your life and your music. Uh, it's really cool to get to know a little bit more about the people we see on stage or here on the radio. You know, that's the thing that I love about doing my own concerts. I love the homecoming concerts, mm-hmm. but we have 10 minutes maybe sure. to uh, communicate with the audience. And it's hard for anyone to see your heart in 10 minutes. They get a little, a little glimpse of it. But Bill is so great about getting as much out of that 10 minutes as he possibly can. And then in the second half, it's just more, you know, more, more, more. It gets a little deeper. Sure. But when I do my own concerts, I'm able to spend an hour, an hour and a half with people and sing and, and talk about my testimony and, and you know, share. And uh, so I love that. If, if you and, uh, and Bill had a meeting tomorrow, 
Okay, and, and he put all the cards in your hands, and you were given freedom of resources oh. to do anything in gospel. Here I'm making him sound like God, but, you know, if he said, listen, I'm going to turn the ship over to you, Gordon, what would you do or what would you do differently for gospel music? For gospel music as a whole? Sure. Uh, I think I think a lot of times um, we settle because it's for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's Christian music. So we don't put our best foot forward uh, because of resources. Uh, we don't have the financial resources to do maybe as good as the secular market or whatever. And I'm talking about just in the presentation of the music. Mm-hmm. But that is something I've never wavered on. I've always tried to do the very best record I could do. And consequently, because a lot of groups, I, I would get a lot of flack for this, but I think until you have the opportunity to go in and make the very, very best records you can, and it sound as incredible as it can sound, I don't think you should do one because what happens is it gets watered down and Christian radio mm-hmm. is looked upon as being the stepchild because they're playing a lot of second-rate uh, sounding uh, albums. You're right. You asked me, so I'm telling you. <laughs> I think if we sounded like the country station yep. as far as the quality, then we'd get a whole lot more listeners, maybe even by mistake, and then they might get into the music, but when there is a noticeable difference sonically, yep. uh, people may not know what it is they're hearing, but they know it don't sound as good as the other thing. So I would, I would, uh, I would make sure that I put my best foot forward in that way because, uh, you know, because it is for the Lord. Sure. You know, and uh, so I know that's pretty strong, but that that's where I would start as far as. Bill and Gloria, man, they just do such a great job at putting these things together. I think when someone attends one of our homecoming uh, concerts, I think they they can laugh, they can enjoy it. It's humorous, but it's also a worship experience. You know, we're in the entertainment business. Uh, don't kid yourself. Mm-hmm. The only way you can get anybody to pay attention to you is if you entertain them, and then you can tell them the good news of the gospel. You know, anybody that thinks we don't, you know, we're not in the entertainment business, uh, you know, you're kidding yourself if you, but that's what we do. And we're able, because of the platform we have, we are able to communicate with a whole lot of people. And some of those people are only coming to these concerts because they were guilted into it or they're coming with their with their mom that it really means a whole lot to them that they come or whatever and they get a good dose of Jesus and it's not us slapping them in the face with Jesus but it's us just presenting the gospel in a way that doesn't offend in a way that doesn't pressure um, but in a way that's inviting you to come and and see what this love and this joy that we're singing about is all about well said. And, and back about the radio and the low quality stuff, I, I agree. Uh, we, we've, we've got a, we let a lot, and it's not just the artist's fault, it's not just the record company's fault, it's not just radio's fault. I think it belongs to all of us. We are yeah. all gatekeepers of what we do, so we gotta, we gotta be a little more selective in, um, There just needs to, yeah, there needs to be, uh, there does, there, there needs to be more, uh, more of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, because we don't need to put average stuff out there. It needs to be all the best we can do, and because it's for the Lord. 
Well, thanks for your focus on quality. Let's hear some more of that quality now <laughs> with Gordon Moat on Daniel Britt and Friends. This is Daniel Britt and Friends. We're talking to Gordon Moat, GordonMoat.com, right online. GordonMoat.com. <laughs> That's the way my screen reader sounds. Sounded kind of like Expedia.com or one of those. Yeah. Dot yeah. com. That's yeah. right. Hey, uh, what does a picture-perfect retirement look like for you down the road when you're tired of buses and you're tired of diesel and you're tired of catching flights and spending hours in the studio and you just want to take it easy? You and Kimberly, and you, what's retirement look like? Well, I would love to think that we could find us a place in Florida on the beach because I love the beach. Yeah. And I would love, but I don't think Kimberly would go for that. I think she likes Florida for about a week at a time. <laughs> she likes the beast for about a week at a time, and then she's ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, um, I look forward to at that time being able to be with the grandbabies and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, want to go see, uh, a few Braves games right in a row. We can. We'll sure. just go. Yeah. Get in the car and go. Uh, that'll be great. I love the beach. I love the warm weather. I love to be outside. If I'm ever home, and it's nice outside, and I'm not working. I'm either out on the deck or on the screened-in porch. I've probably got a baseball game on um, or a football game, whatever season it is, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've probably got a game on, and I'm hanging out, and we're throwing the football in the yard and just goofing off, having a big time. What, what do you call home? We live in Brentwood, Tennessee. Uh, I grew up in Alabama. My wife grew up in uh, Dallas, Texas. And... Um, of course, Nashville is where the music business is, and, and we have settled in Brentwood. Our kids both are in school at Christ Presbyterian Academy there in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, now uh, with the little one, uh, uh, you know, who knows about that and the future of that. But uh, uh, as of September 25th, we will uh, have another little bitty one oh, wow. in our house. So, Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, so it's it's all good. I, I can't wait for that time to get here, but I'm sure loving this. Oh, I so. bet. I bet. You look like you're having fun out there. And oh, yeah. Keep, keep it up. It's good music, and we need more of it in this day and age. Not just quality, but what uh, what the messages behind the songs say. And uh, you... I, I, I agree, and I love just meeting the people. That's mm-hmm. my favorite part, you know. I love going to the table and, and hugging on these Sweet ladies and and uh, taking pictures and meeting kids, you know. So many of these little kids come and signing CDs. I love that. I love just kind of sure. meeting the people that you're singing to, and uh, that's the that's my favorite thing about the whole the whole night is just meeting all the nice folks. Well, his name is Gordon Moat. You've heard his music, and you can find out uh, more about him at GordonMoat.com. Gordon, it's been such a delight to get you know, get to know you better. Let's do this again soon. Yeah, man, this has been great. Thank you so much for what you do for gospel music and XM uh, Lighten Channel 34. Uh, <laughs> like a pro. <laughs> thank you for what y'all do. There's so many people. I can't tell you how many times people say, man, Gordon, I heard your song on XM and so it's really great because so many people uh, live in markets that don't have uh, quality gospel radio to listen to. Sure. And so uh, the technology being what it is, you folks provide that, and we're very grateful. Coast to coast and now into Canada. That's so, right. That's cool. Hey, thanks, Gordon. Thanks, man.